American football in Finland. All right, guys, I'm here with Chris Green. He's playing wide receiver for the Bristol Aztecs in the UK right now. He has a lot of ties to playing football in Finland. And he's here to give us a little bit of a recap and a, a different perspective about the Great Britain national team in these European championships. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, Purvis. How you doing? It's good to hear you. So uh, let's just get right into it, man. We're going to talk about Great Britain's most recent game. They played against France. What did you see in that game? Um, so obviously France came in big, heavy favorites, um, and it kind of showed, really. I mean, France ended up with, like, over 500 yards of offense. They say, don't they, usually the game's won up front. I think the French D-line and offensive line, they really, really dominated the, the, the British defensive and offensive line. And you could really see that they were more successful than us, I think, um, in that respect. Um, and the stats just, well, they speak for themselves, I think. I think Britain were, they did, I think Britain did much better than they did in their first game. Um, when and, and I think they've had two really good second halves, GB. I think they, whatever the, they've adjusted at halftime or the talks that they've had, they've really come out and said, you know what, we're not playing well enough in the first half. We need to step it up. You know, they did it in the first game. It was 0-0 in the second half uh, in the Finland GB game. And then when they came out in the second half against France, you know, they drove pretty much the length of the field. Just couldn't quite punch it in. I think they ended up kicking a field goal in the end and you know, Nick's a great kicker. He he showed that that day with his punts and his kicks. I guess that's why he won the MVP. When they went up tempo, I think that was much better. When they went really, really fast, the French seemed to kind of not have an answer for it. And I don't think the French really heavy rotated to start with. I know they did towards the end of the game. They rotated their DBs and, and their defensive guys. And, you know, but they pretty much kept their quarterback in the whole game. Yeah, so he, played the, almost, the, he played to the last two minutes. Yeah, they, they pretty much kept their starters in all game. And, you know, GB have always been like there or thereabouts kind of on the fringe of Group A, Group B sort of standard. And and actually, you know, they, they didn't do too much of a bad job, but it was clear to see the, the difference between the Group A teams and the Group B teams. And I think that's kind of the trend that you've seen across this tournament already so far. My take on it is I, I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm going to ask you a question, actually, because you might know more about it than I do. I don't know much about what the hell's going on in Great Britain, honestly. But uh, <laughs> I noticed that in the first game, Great Britain started James Slack. And then in the yep. second game, Patrick Daly got to start. Uh, do you have any reason or why you think that they went that route for the second game? Honestly, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, myself, I've been to pretty much all the GB practices this year. I didn't quite make the cut. Um, I got cut at the last sort of stage. Um, so they didn't take me to Finland, which I was really disappointed about, but is what it is. Um, but Slack has not been to any practice at all, which, uh, so I was a bit confused as to why they started him. And that, that's not to say that he's a bad quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. Like he showed it last year in the GFL two for the Nuremberg Rams. I think he threw like eight touchdowns in one game. I was like stupid like that. Um, and you know he's been he's been backing up at the the Schwabish Hall Unicorns, who are arguably one of the best teams in Europe, if not the best at the moment. Um, you know, defending Europe, uh, German champions. But he hasn't had any chemistry with the team. 
Mm -hmm. He's not been to any practice, so I was I was kind of a bit confused as to why they went with him as a starter. You know, I maybe would have gone with Brad, the other guy, or Pat, you know, one of those two guys, because they've been to the practices and, you know, they've had time with the receivers, whereas Slack's not had any time with the receivers. So I was I was a little bit confused as well, you know, but obviously the coaches, they, they must have saw something for them to make that decision. What I've noticed in the, the difference in this game when they played against France compared to the first one is when they went with Patrick Daly instead of uh, James Slack, like you said, they were a little bit more up-tempo. The passing game was complemented by the Russian attack with Patrick Daly. Like They used him for read options as well as speed options. I think yep. he was the leading rusher in this game, matter of fact, by stats. I'm not even sure about that. He was, yeah, he was. I think he yeah. had like 50 yards rushing or something like that. Yeah, but. but he brings that like extra, um, that running aspect that they really needed in this game yeah. that in the second half they found it. In the first half, they only had 88 total yards. And it was like 50 uh, passing, 30 rushing, something like that. But in the second half, they, they got over 200 yards total or something like that. But they, they focused more on the run game, and he was part of it. And I think – for the Great Britain team, like you said, them figuring it out in the second half of two games is kind of the downside of these national team games and the quick turnaround. You got to think about it. They don't have much film on these teams. So when they're playing them, they're figuring it out as they go. And like you said, they're a bubble team. Maybe they're not to the level, but it's a lot harder to catch up to the level of a team when you don't really know what's going to happen until the first two quarters have passed, and then you get a 20-minute break to brainstorm. I feel like for the Great Britain team, what they needed to do in this game against France was similar to like what Denmark had to do against Austria in their first game is they needed to have more bells and whistles. They needed to go about it a different way than just figuring it out. This France team was loaded they had three good drives in this game, Great Britain did, and each time they settled for field goals. And yep. I know if you're playing in a regular season game or if you're playing against a team that's equally matched, okay, take your points. But this is all or nothing. Like this tournament is pretty much all or nothing. You got to shoot your shot. I feel like for them, knowing that they were in their second game, meaning elimination game from being in, in the top three, you got to – take your chances when you can they just didn't take any but yeah. like, there was a lot there that they left untapped obviously maybe they were outmatched by the French team but I think the coaching staff for Great Britain definitely could have came with a little bit more pizzazz and there's no disrespect I honestly don't know much about the coaching staff for Great Britain everyone kind of had them ranked as one of the lower teams in the tournament and in this game against France that was their chance to say hey even though we might not be technically is good we're gonna give them a shot we're gonna let them know we're here and all I saw was I saw players giving full effort but they never really had a chance to do what they could do well in this game yeah I agree with you on on some respects I mean like you say they were already technically <clears throat> not able to make the gold medal match Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you get down to the red zone, I think they were on like the five yard line a couple of times and why not go for it? Roll the dice, uh, you know, but there's no no qualms. I mean, I completely understand why the coaching staff would have gone for the field goal to try and get the points. You know, maybe they tried to trust their defense a bit more, but that that French passing and running tack, I mean, Stephen Yetmo, I mean, 
that guy, yeah. that, that French running back. Well, I, I I actually played against him in Switzerland, and that guy's a bowling ball. Like he he he's got a ridiculous stiff arm, um, and like he just runs real hard and real low. And he's he's very hard to tackle because you know with these big running backs you're like oh legs 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 it's hard to get his legs because he's so low to the ground. True, he's a short bowling ball type guy and he's fast too. You can't wait. He he is he real fast. Yeah, he is real fast. And going back to like the Pat Daly quarterback thing, I think he's very, he's got a lot of energy, Pat, which mm-hmm. is what I really like about him. And he's got this something about him that he can get the offense moving real quick. Yeah, and he gets up and get quick. And actually, in my opinion, I think Pat's probably one of the best running backs in the UK as a running back. But he's playing quarterback, so like with the running, I mean, he's he he's a fast dude, athletic guy, and uh, you know he proved it. You know, he won a national championship last year with the Tamworth Phoenix in in the UK. So he's a proven guy. He's a winner. He played at Nottingham University. They won the Division One title this year against against the team that I coach, the U Bullets in the final. He, he's a proven winner and he, he's that guy that just gets the tempo going and you could really see that when they came out in the second half and it was it was good to see, you know, them advancing down the field and quick hitting but there wasn't really anything deep you know, but there's no, there wasn't any real deep shots down the field um, whether that be to good DB play or whether that be to, you know bad offensive calling, I don't know, but there wasn't a lot of shots down the field. Like you say, they weren't really taking their chances. They weren't rolling the dice a bit. And the French team, they they really didn't care. I mean, they, they ran the ball, they passed the ball, they could do anything, really. They completed 70% of their passes, man. It was, it was real good. And a lot of it was because of how much time the quarterback had. He was sitting back there having a cup of tea, like relaxing. And these and these are even on play action passes sometimes. Exactly, yeah. And um, if you look at most of his completions, they were like deep crossers. Yeah. And they take a long time to develop. Like, and he was just sitting back there waiting, scanning the field and just delivering. And uh the the tight end, I'm not sure what his name is, the guy that plays in Vasa, he had a really good game. Like yeah, just, Jerome Valvin. Jerome yeah, Valvin. Get get getting free and you know, get that guy into space. He he's hard to tackle as well. And you know, he showed that. I don't think the British DBs did a bad job. I think they were in good positions most of the time. I think the the French receivers just kind of outplayed them a little bit. Yeah. When they were competing for the ball. When they were competing for the ball. You know, there was on the one touchdown to number 80. I'm not sure what his name is. Um, uh, I think, hold on. I think it's Nelson T. Timmy? Timmy? Yeah. Timmy. The yeah. F is silent, I think. Okay, Timmy. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to try and pronounce his name. <laughs> it's <laughs> always <know>. tough. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ash, the DB, he was in a great position on that touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the receiver went up and got the ball. Yeah. Like, he, he did a better job. And, and it, it's a shame because... You know, France were a little bit lucky on the tip pass that went for a touchdown. Oh as wow! Well. Yeah, they were. But like, but Kojo got to catch that man. Yeah, Kojo, man. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, Kojo wasn't even covering that guy. If you look, he's yeah, covering he the other crosser. He just put his hands up. So even though it was lucky, I think if the QB would have waited like half a second longer, it still would have been a touchdown because yeah, he had his guy beat. Yeah, he, he was, was open beat. over top. Yeah, he was already beat. So you can say it was lucky. You can say it was unlucky. I don't know, but yeah, luck was... is just when when opportunity meets preparation. You make luck... your own luck, don't you? You make yeah, your own luck. Luck only happens if you're ready for it to happen, and they were ready. Speaking more about the Great Britain, they've already played two games in a tournament. Yep. In those two games, obviously they they lost both games, got outplayed. Basically, in both of them, 
but played two two good second halves. Now they're going to be playing against Denmark. What are you expecting to see from the Great Britain team in this um, placement game? They'll be playing against Denmark on Saturday. That game's going to mean a lot to the team. You know, they've they've got two losses under their belt now. They're going to want to come away with something from this tournament. And I actually think it's going to be a really competitive game mm-hmm. because Denmark have shown that they can play ball. And, you know, if not for a couple of things going Denmark's way, I think in Denmark's game against Sweden, I think the penalties killed them. I think when they changed the running back, that killed them. I think the play calling maybe killed them in the second half. Like, they... They should have just run the ball more with that running back. He had like 11 yards to carry in the first half. Like, what, why would you change it and try and pass? But I think it's going to be a really competitive game between GB and Denmark. I think they're much closer on terms of like ability. And, and I think it's going to be a really, really good game to watch. And it's going to mean a lot for these British guys. You know, they've, they've paid money. I mean, all the teams, they've paid money to go out. But these guys have paid money to go out there. And they're going to want to come away with something. And... I'm sure that's exactly what the coaching staff are going to say to them. Look, this game means so much to us. We have to, like, not finish last. What do you think the uh, the Great Britain team needs to do? Like, what do they need to do well in that game to make sure they can come away with a win against the Denmark team? I think they need to go up tempo again because that's when they've proved that they're the best on offense that they can be is when they go tempo. When they go tempo, it's very, very difficult for the defense to sub in and out and – I think that that is the kind of key for their offense to get firing. I think they play better when they go tempo as well because they're in the game a bit more and they're they're not slacking. You know, they're going at full speed. But they those guys they want it, and I'm I'm sure every single one of them will want to win that game no matter what. It means a lot to them. I'm sure. Great Britain has a, a good chance. I think that Denmark game honestly can go either way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I agree. Me personally, I like to see Great Britain come out and, you know, go balls to the wall because I'm 100% sure Denmark is going to do something crazy. They're, even though they've lost two games, they've been proving in both games that they can hang with these teams on an international level. They have, yeah. Great Britain hasn't done that yet. They haven't proven anything. Yeah, they, they held the Finnish team to zero points in the second half. But that had a lot to do with the fact that the Finnish team kind of laid down. Some teams yeah, they rotated to, as well, didn't they? they yeah, some teams well. don't know how to win, you know? Like, there's a difference between a team that's accustomed to being ahead and a team that is like, wow, can't believe we're here. That's how Finland played. Finland played, wow, I can't believe we're ahead. Uh, let's try some other stuff. Let's get some new players in, stuff like that. While when they played France, France was like, we're keeping what we're doing. And mm-hmm. they put it on them in the second half. Like, yeah. they did a little slower, but they still continued what they were doing. I think Great Britain has to come into this game with that, you know, our back's against the wall. We're going to pull out all the stops. Um, in the first game, it wasn't successful, but they did a reverse pass to Patrick Daly. It didn't come up because it was an incomplete pass, but he went out a receiver, got a reverse, and then threw the ball. Again, something like that, I'm not against doing that, especially you know it's the last game. You're going back to the U.K. after this no matter what. You'd rather go back saying, hey, we put it all on the line. I want to see Great Britain show up and do something like that. And really, I would like to see them stop that swinging gate that did my <laughs> point. Because that shit is crazy. It is definitely crazy, takes dude. me back to Texas because swinging gate is done in Texas. And high yeah. school football, people do that. So they definitely need to come out and, and play more aggressive, have more energy, um, just show more, hey, we're here to win it instead of 
we're trying to get experience. They're getting quality experience in these games, but this is the last game, guys. Great Britain, you got to go go out, you know, guns blazing and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, GB have got nothing to lose in this game. They've got a lot of young guys out there playing. Um, a lot of the, the older guys that used to play for GB have retired. Obviously, you know the, the situation with the German guys who are playing for German teams are not allowed to come over. I know that's not the case with a couple of people, but it's for most of them, they're not allowed to yeah. come over. You know, it's given these other younger guys, these hungry guys, a chance, and they've got nothing to lose. Just go out there and leave it all out on the field. Like, don't don't come back thinking, oh, we could have done this, we could have done that. Like, just just go for it. Go out there. Do what you got to do. Let's see something crazy. Like you said, if they need it, let's dig down into the playbook and get to pull the tricks out. Let's do something fun. Let's enjoy the last game. Let's try and come out with that. That's it, uh, Chris Green. I really appreciate you coming on AFF and talking football with us, representing Great Britain. You're the Great Britain analysis for us out here. Uh, appreciate you being on, man. Before we get out of here, Final words portion. Anything you want to say to anybody? Any shout outs you want to give? Any products you're selling? Go ahead, man. Shoot your shot. <laughs> well, uh, go give a shout out to the the boys at the Wolverines um, doing their thing this year. See if they can come back with that Division One champ, make it to the Maple League this year. I'd love to see that happen. Um, and yeah, man, just happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me, Purvis. Always a pleasure. I'll always. Come on the show anytime you need me. You know, it was you need me, just hit me up. All right, man. And that's it for us. We're out of here. And don't you guys forget T-I-F. T-I-F, baby. American Football in Finland is now on iTunes. Please rate the show and subscribe today. If you really like the podcast, follow AFF on the Podbean app. Search American Football in Finland and hit that follow button. And for all you loyal AFF listeners, we are now accepting Podbean patrons. Click become a patron on the AFF page and pledge your loyalty. Thanks for listening. American Football in Finland.